0: Arizona, Arizona Sports, sports. The, the local, local sports, sports leader. leader, Burns and Gamble. the four o'clock reset yeah. brought to you by Collins Comfort, AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, four
1: o'clock
0: reset. Just caught up on everything that's going on in sports here on this Friday in advance of tonight's game three between the Suns and the Nuggets. And yes, it's finally here after what felt like six years in between Damn. games. <laughs> that bright. was a long time. God, it was. It's. It's love what we did. It's been a long week waiting for this game. It's like, come on, let's go. Let's get right. here already. Suns finally get their chance to start their comeback against the Denver Nuggets tonight. They trail the series two games to none. Game three is at home tonight at 7 o'clock. And as always, you can hear it on the Arizona Sports app and 98 7. Nicole Jokic was asked if he expects the Suns to have more energy playing at home. And the Joker was the Joker in answering the question. You expect their energy to be up now that they back in their home court. No, my friend, to surrender <laughs> and no, my friend I expect that they surrender yes. and they give up. Yes. <laughs> but no game tonight. The Suns have decided that they can't come back from a two nothing deficit. We quit. Yeah. But then um, he was dead serious when he was asked the question about trying to get a split of these two games, and he's like, "Why? Let's get them both." Yeah. Two.
2: I mean, we are gonna go and play a game you know, to win the game. So, uh, for tomorrow is gonna be a you know, must-win for us, you know. So, just uh, we have, a, we have a confidence, we have a, we have a lead, we have a, we have momentum. We are
3: playing really good. So, why, why not?
0: I appreciate what Jokic is trying to do. I just don't think it's going to work. He's trying to manufacture desperation. It's a must-win. He said it's a must-win game for us. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. He's trying to manufacture the desperation that he knows the Suns
4: are going to play with. No, but if you want to be a championship team, the great teams, they they, they take care of business here in Game 3. They don't they make it a four or five game series. They don't let the other team back in it by letting them win too. The Suns are on the ropes. The Suns are shorthanded without Chris Paul. The Nuggets are playing their best basketball right now. If you've got the if you want to win a championship, if you want to be a championship caliber for the team, you get that killer instinct right now
0: and you make sure you take game three or game four. So this isn't a long series. Yeah, well I I I said it at the beginning of the show, I'll say it again. I feel so good about tonight's game that I'm actually a little nervous about it now. Like I, I just I'm so sure the Suns are going to win that I'm nervous about how confident I am about tonight. It's Sunday's game four that that to me me is the game where if you want your step on the throat moment, if you're the Denver Nuggets, that to me is the game where they say, okay, we're just not allowing this to be a 2-2 series. We're going to go up 3-1 and we're going to kind of finish it here on that one. We'll see what happens tonight. Again, tip-off is at 7 o'clock. You'll hear it right here on the Arizona Sports app in 98.7. Looking ahead real quick to Game 4, not that this is exactly breaking news or a surprise, but Adrian Wojnowski, just a little bit ago on NBA countdown on the status of Chris Paul.
4: I'm told there's little optimism that Chris Paul could be ready in the event. Um, uh, uh, There will be a Game 4, certainly. Uh, But but especially, I think, if the Suns were to be down 3-0 in this series.
0: Not a little. Optimism. There is little optimism that Chris Paul would play in Game Four. Yeah, I think they basically. I think Shams kind of said it would be three, four, and five. Yes.
4: that he's not going to play in And yes. I think there was even a report he'll be reevaluated reevaluated in a week, which would mean three more games had been played because mm-hmm. that will be because that will be um, today, Sunday, and then Tuesday. That'd be the
0: week. Yeah, Suns Suns made made that announcement Tuesday or Wednesday. So if he's going to be reevaluated in a week, nobody's expecting him to play in the next three games. Maybe six. Let's hope there is a six. Again, we'll see tonight at seven whether the Suns can force a game five. A little Suns note we failed to mention yesterday. Mikel Bridges, I guess this really is goodbye. He's listing Uh, his Paradise Valley home for $7 million. What a beautiful home. (laughs) It's a beautiful home. It's really nice. You going to get in on that, Gambo? No, I'm trying to get a villa in Italy. Oh, okay. 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 So yeah, I don't want that. You don't, you don't, you don't want a seven million dollar home in Paradise Valley. No, I want,
4: I want one. I want a million point five million dollar, one point five million dollar home in Italy.
0: Can wow, you at Lake least Como. write me alone yeah, so really? I can get a loan? Yeah, really. get you Paradise Valley house? Mitch the down payment on the, He'll he'll do the payments for you. you, you they should, do, out they out the the down should just
4: rent that house
0: out per week for people. Like, like for a week, verbo. Yeah,
1: every here. Yeah. Come live here for a week, like, like fully it, furnished. Come like live it, for a week. Here you Airbnb go,
0: Airbnb in Paradise Valley. Mitch, I, gotta, I gotta. Mitch, imagine. Be like, all right, here you go. I'll live there for a week. I gotta imagine. Well, I don't. You know what? I don't know. Are you allowed yeah. to do verbo or Airbnb in Paradise Valley? Because there's some neighborhoods that, are like, yeah, no, we're not, not here, man. We don't do just that. Think stuff about here. Mitch. Just, just think about all the dates you could get. Think about all the Cliff Kingsbury poses I could make Oh in their right, house. Yeah, like what's your what's your uh your sign? What's your astrological sign? I'm a Sagittarius. So you so get gotta have an archer, a, like a oh, big so yeah, archer Sagittarius somewhere yeah, in the doorway. You to yeah. get the big poster of the Sagittarius, the archer in your house and you're going to stand Oh, I can front have like me. four cell phones on my table while it's 90 <laughs> degrees out with the yeah. fireplace on. Around the NBA playoffs last night the People Warriors. so sad about that though that he was selling this house. Oh no, it's real. He's not coming
4: back. I, of course, he's not coming I, I, back. I heard that he's the on guy, the contract with the net.
0: The guys were talking about that this morning. I'm like, who's sad about? Who, right? Like, what? What hole have you been living in? Like, what he's not rock coming, have you been living? In? He's not coming back. He's Not coming back. If you If you got a job in another city, newsflash, you're selling your house too. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like, oh, this means he's really gone. Yeah. Well, no yeah, dir. Of, of course, he's not coming no, back. No dir. No dir. No, <laughs> People, something bad. I tell you, it's so funny. All around the NBA playoffs last night the warriors made a major adjustment. Michael Green started, Ooh. Kevon Looney didn't and it worked, man. They blew out the Lakers 127-109. I got so bored watching that game. Oh, I I was never it was never in doubt. Turn it off. They broke out a can of whoop on. They basically him. doubled them up in the second and third quarter combined. Right? Wasn't it like 84 yeah. to 47 yeah. in the second and third quarters combined. By, by the start of the fourth, I'm like, yeah, peace out. See you I mean, the
4: the one good news for the for the Lakers is LeBron and AD didn't play. Lot of minutes, like <laughs> they were true. blowing. It was a blowout. So those guys, um, you know, they I think were they down thirty at one point in that game? I was it so, thirty? mean LeBron played less than thirty minutes. Yeah,
0: less than thirty for LeBron. Yeah, and AD just getting ripped today. Eleven points. He was a non-factor last night. That's the that's the ying and the yang of Anthony Davis. Man, he'll have great games like in Game One and just be a total no-show like he was last night. Tonight, besides the Suns, Boston and Philly head into their Game Three, crucial Game Three tonight in that series, all tied up at one win apiece. Joel Embiid will play in front of his home crowd for the first time since being named the 2022-23 oh, NBA exciting. Remember when that
4: happened for Nash when he got the MVPs in front of the crowds? Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, That was oh, always yeah. so
0: much fun. Sure was. This weekend, starting with Saturday, Knicks-Heats, Game 3. One's tied up 1-1. Lakers-Warriors, Game 3 in LA. That's at 5.30 on Saturday. Then, of course, on Sunday, it's going to be Game 4 between the two series we've got tonight. Celtics 76ers, Sunday. Nuggets. Other news from the NBA. Ben Simmons hopes to play for the Australian national team. And this summer's FIBA World Cup champions has been included in the team's initial selection pool. Wait, what? Ben Simmons hopes to play basketball? Get out. You're kidding. Really? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised by that. Ben Simmons? For Australia? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's... Don't get me started about Ben Simmons. Will he shoot the ball? Uh-huh. Diamondbacks back in action tonight. They start a three-game series at home against the Nationals. Jory Lavello confirmed with us earlier today. Corbin Carroll is back in the lineup, batting third as the designated Designated
4: hitter. hitter. Bring him along slowly. Didn't have to, put him, have to put him in the IL. Got an opportunity to pinch hit. Got two at-bats against the Rangers the other day. and you know
0: Felt good enough, but they'll bring him along slowly. Not have him play the outfield and just have him DH today. Merrill Kelly coming off a good start against the Rockies yes. last weekend. Gets the start tonight. Downtown? Phoenix is going to be hopping. Get down there early if you're going to either game. First oh. pitch is at 640 on yeah. the Arizona Sports app and ESPN Should I leave now? Yeah, why don't you go? Mitch and I will do the show. All right, got to get down
4: in park and get situated. I'm not good in high-stress situations. You, you go,
0: Gamble. I'm not good in high-stress situations. You know what? I'll, I'll get you down there. I'll, I'll have you in your seat by tip. The I worst, guarantee The it.
4: worst thing I hate is when you have to change planes and you've got only got a short amount of like time in between your... Uh, When you have to, what's it called? When you switch planes, your connecting flight. Your connecting flight. Yeah, yeah. Like your flight, and then you always like you always is this flight on time? Is on time? Is on. Oh wait, we're ten minutes late. I got a connecting flight, and then you're sitting in the middle of
0: the plane. Are you that guy who, if you have a connecting flight? As soon as the the seatbelt light goes off, you'll run to the front of the plane so you can be the first one off. No, because I've usually got plane. a
4: bunch of, i got people with me, sure. wife and <laughs> kids, and they're not running with
0: me. <laughs> Around the NFL, the Panthers, the Panthers, I should say, announced today Andy Dalton is their starting quarterback right now heading into the season. Uh. Their GM, Scott Fitterer, says that first overall pick Bryce Young will replace Dalton, quote, when he's ready, and that there's no timeline for when that when will happen. When he's ready. When okay. he's ready. All right. Colts have also released Nick Foles, Eagles Super Bowl hero. Nick oh, Foles has man. Been and then former— is he, is he a one-hit wonder? Yes. He's a one-hit wonder. One-hit wonder. He's
4: Dexie's midnight runner. Former Mets star pitcher Matt Harvey announced his retirement. The Dark Knight— he had that one great year, the year the Mets made it to the World Series. He was so good. He was, and everybody thought that they would—they were going to have this great rotation led by him and Cyndegard and Zagrom. And man, he lost it quick. He had surgery, right elbow surgery, I believe. And then that was it for him. He was never able to get it back. Played for so many teams. He went to the Reds, Mets, the Angels,
0: right? Reds, Angels. A- Angels, Royals, Reds, oh Orioles, God. and the Mets. Oh, um, and start, met he, What was his record
4: when he went back to the Mets? When he went When back. he went back. Did he go back to the Mets? No.
0: Oh, no, he never went back. No, he never okay. went back to the Mets. No, he never. He was good. Tom Seaver once went back to the he Mets. Was, he was dominant in 2013. I forgot right. the Dark night. I forgot yeah, about we that Yeah, we went nickname. 13, 14
4: games, good. had a great ERA, and then just the, the injury, just did him in.
1: When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show. Let me bring up the Bahamas because I want to remind DeAndre Ayton, it ain't time to go there yet.
0: <laughs> yeah. That is next on Burns and Gambo. <laughs> Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns & Gambo talks Suns nuggets now. Game starts at 7 o'clock tonight. Of course, you'll hear it here on the Arizona Sports app, 98.7 FM. And we'll have the game for you, the Al McCoy play-by-play call tonight as the Suns look to get back in this thing, down two games to none. They say a series is not a series until the home team loses. The Suns would like to get through this weekend and avoid that, get back to Denver for Tuesday's Game 5 of this thing, tied up 2-2. We'll see if that happens. If it is to happen... And we've talked about this all day long now. That we've just got like this running list of things that we're all going to be watching for. We're going to be watching for Kevin Durant. We're going to be watching for Campaign. We're going to be watching for Point Book. We're going to be watching for Aaron Gordon. We're going to be watching for Nikola Jokic and how the Denver Nuggets do when Jokic isn't on the floor. We've talked a lot about that, how you just can't lose those minutes. And then, of course, we're going to continue to look at DeAndre Ayton. And um, I'm going to play you two sound bites here, Gambo. Okay. So Stephen A. Smith today on first take. One cut is on DeAndre Ayton. One cut is on Monty Williams. I'm going to start with the Ayton cut. You ready? Ready.
1: Here we go. only bring up the Bahamas because I want to remind DeAndre Ayton it ain't time to go there yet. Ain't time to go there yet. What the hell is going on with you? You don't have a pulse? Jokic is giving it to this brother. Nikola Jokic is shooting 50% with 37 points in two games when guarded by DeAndre Ayton. Do you not have some to say about that? I mean, you ain't some spring chicken. I mean, I mean, I mean, you not know some novice. You've been around a little while. This man is abusing you. He's embarrassing you. Do something about it, damn it! Thirty nine and sixteen in game two. Just doing whatever he wanted to do. You know, just wobbling up and down the court and busting your living. You know what? What the hell is that about, DeAndre Ayton? <laughs> wow. God. Yeah. Eviscerated on yeah. national
0: TV.
4: Listen, I've had a lot, you know that bah- you know you mentioned the Bahamas, right? I yeah. mean, I, you know, I, I I had someone in an organization once tell me, you know, they think that that's who he is. I mean, they said, uh, and I got I got I got it here. Island mentality, always happy, never mad. He needs to get mad. No heart, half effort and he gets those stats. He is what he is. Um, you know, if you posted up and called for the ball then did not receive a pass, I'd agree he commands nothing. Thing um, so like there, there are people in the organization that just think that you know island mentality. And gee, he just brought up the Bahamas, and you know maybe he may, and, and maybe it is. I don't know. You know, I didn't grow up in the Bahamas, but um, but I've been there, and there is a great island mentality there. I, mean, I wish a lot of people have it. it's calm, cool, relaxed, and I think that's what people want to see. They want to see more from him. They want to see an aggressiveness that I don't think that that's in him. I don't.
0: You may see it from time to time, but that's not really who he is. No, no, it's not who he is. And and, and even look. Even with a better attitude, even with a fiercer, more fighting spirit from DeAndre Eaton, there's only so much he's going to do against Nikola Jokic, right? Like we just have to be honest about that. We we have to acknowledge that that there, you don't you disagree. Well, I mean, you when we started the series, you a two-time you were, MVP, right? But when we
4: started the series, you were very much Kenny. You know, you he, think he has the ability to hold serve against well, him? Uh,
0: but, but what I mean when I said hold serve. It's the same way we talk about what Aaron Gordon is doing to Kevin Durant. Make him work for his baskets. Yeah, you know Nikola Jokic doesn't look like he's working very hard. So you didn't think he could
4: play him to a draw? Uh, No,
0: no, no. I never thought he could play him to a draw. He didn't play him to a draw two years ago. No, he just worked his ass off to make Nikola Jokic work hard for every single basket in a way that was just eye opening. It was revealing. I I, it was uh, after game two. Game was on TNT they put up a graphic of DeAndre Eaton's stats and Nikola Jokic's stats through two games. Kenny Smith was... like think he lost his mind. He's like, why are we showing this? We, we, we shouldn't show this. Yeah, DeAndre Eaton's never... He's never going to be able to be on a page with Nikola Jokic. We can't show their stats side by side and expect it's going to be equal or expect it's going to be the max, same. He's a max player in this league. I know, but he's a two-time MVP. I, I mean, he's a max player because one team decided to give him the max contract, it's and all, the Suns decided what, what max, We always say that's all it takes. I get it, but but that that's about as loose as a definition of a max player you you're going to get able to max players this in
4: this league. He's on that list. Like, it is what it is. He's a max you, player in this so league. Okay, do you expect him to play to Heath a draw to no. Nikola Jokic? Okay. No, but man, he's got to play a hell of a lot better oh, than I he's could, playing right now. I totally agree with that. Totally agree Let's with that. Let's go to the second part
1: of it, because the second part is pretty good. The other person that I have to hold accountable to is a man that I love and revere. That's Monty Williams. You're right, KP. He hasn't used that bench. And I got to tell you something. I believe in Ross, okay? I believe in TJ Warren. I think they could have helped you. I think they could do some things. Cameron Payne and these boys off the bench, I think they could do some things. I think they look at a coach that didn't believe in them. Didn't believe in them in the first round, hasn't believed in them. They're averaging 14 points a game as a bench, an entire bench. 52 players this postseason have averaged better than 14 points in the postseason. More, individual players, more than an entire bench for the Phoenix Suns. That's about the coach. There's no way around it.
4: I know for a fact he told TJ Warren that, hey, you know, not because TJ's healthy. You know, it looks I understand you're healthy and everything's good, nothing personal, but, you know, I'm going to ride with the guys that got me here. You know, I'm going to ride with those guys. So Ross and TJ Warren weren't part of the guys that got, got him here. But Ish Wainwright was. Landry Shamit was. So he's been playing campaign. He's been playing the guys that he's familiar with and not playing the other two guys because he's got this. Monty has this feeling. Like, I'm going to play with the guys, the guys I know. I'm going to ride the guys that
0: I know. And he has. And, well, he did until the first half of Game 2. He played 11 guys in the first half of Game 2. They were trying everything. They were trying everything, everybody. every I mean, basically everything but Terrence Ross. They weren't trying him. They weren't right. trying TJ Warren. They weren't trying those guys. I, look, I'll assuming Terrence Ross and TJ Warren, one of those two uh, play tonight, let's, let's assume Terrence Ross gets minutes because everyone's talking about that. How does he look? How rusty is he? How behind is he? How, how you know off is he? We'll, we'll know. We'll know right away if the lack of playing time has cost him a certain level of effectiveness and then if that does happen, how quick is the hook? How quick does Monty go and say, you know what, on second thought, never mind, I shouldn't have played Terrence Ross, so I'm going to go back with this guy like like that that to me is another one of the really big questions about tonight how long of a leash do the bench guys that monty hasn't mm. played yet how much how long is that leash tonight i don't know i don't know the answer to the but that's another big question for tonight's game
4: uh, we sit there and when, if those guys struggle we just always look back and it's because yes, they haven't played in so long why haven't they played in so long because you didn't play them you know, and we talked about this the other day. Part part of the blame is the Suns' inability to wax a Clippers team that didn't have Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Every no game doubt. was t- right down to the freaking wire. No doubt. You know, you could have taken care of business. Look, LeBron James played 29 minutes last night. Other guys got to play. You take care of business and, and, and you could blow a team out. Other guys can play. They can get a little bit of a rhythm. But you're going to play. You might end up playing guys tonight that just haven't scored points
0: in a month. No, and how... How much time are they gonna take to be effective? And how long is Monty willing to wait? For them to be effective. Don't know the answer to that question. We'll see. I, I think you're going to see a lot of Terrence Ross tonight. I I, I think you're, I think at least early you're going to see a lot of Terrence Ross to see if he can space the floor, open things up, at least make Denver respect his ability to shoot. To try to, you know, because they've been, look, they've been playing off most of the Suns bench guys the whole series long. Josh Koge, wide open. Torrey Craig, wide open, right? Shoot till the day is long. Just yep. go. Will they do that with Terrence Ross? They might initially. If he can hit a couple of shots, they might think twice about leaving him alone. 100%. If he can hit a couple of shots. Yeah, if he can hit some shots, they'll they'll have to to respect that and guard him. All right, tonight's game, the national media. How are they looking at tonight's game and the state of this series going into this pivotal Game 3? We'll go national. We'll find out next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona sports.
1: The home of Phoenix
0: Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo. Talk Suns Nuggets now. Having a little bit of deja vu here on the Burns and Gambo Show because I think we spoke to Tim a year ago during the Suns Mavs series. Yeah, I thought we did. Um, he's covering this series for ESPN and ESPN.com. He's in town. He's sitting courtside, as a matter of fact, right now as the teams are about to go through pregame warmups. ESPN NBA reporter Tim McMahon joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Tim, I'm Dave. This is Gambo. Welcome back to the show. We appreciate your time, man. Thanks for coming on.
2: Appreciate you having me, boys. I had to relocate. They were practicing the national anthem. Oh, so we, pre- we appreciate, appreciate that. that. Thank We've you. We've been yes. there. We opening day, D backs every year. They
4: start doing the anthem. We're doing our show on the field. I mean, it's we awkward. know what we know what it's like. We're the home <laughs> flagship, home for all the teams here. Let me ask you. Let me, let me let me start off with this. Are you surprised that the Denver Nuggets are up two nothing in this series right now?
2: Uh, Not necessarily. I mean, look, Denver's really good. Like They didn't stumble into being the number one seed. They kind of took their foot off the gas uh, late in the season. But basically, this was a wire-to-wire type of situation. And I I do think that one significant advantage that the Nuggets had going into the series is not just depth, but knowing exactly how their rotation is going to work. Knowing exactly, okay, hey, we're going to play these eight guys. Gonna, these are their roles. Everything's very defined where it's kind of a unique situation for the Suns having made such a massive mid-season trade. And then unfortunately, KD didn't get to play a whole lot with these guys. Where Monty Williams is, I mean, he's like experimenting and trying to search and find solutions. Uh, like a lot of teams do in November, and it's a it's second round of the playoffs. So, not necessarily surprised that the Nuggets took care of home court. Um, obviously, the Suns better do the same, or this won't be a very long series.
4: Well, we talked about that quite a bit. I mean, it, this is a great experiment, because we've never seen anything like this, where a superstar player joins a team and has eight games with them before the playoffs yeah. start. I mean, every time you can go back to all the examples, Pau Gasol, and Mark Aguirre, and all the examples of players that joined the team and either won a championship or took them there. They all got 30, 35 37 38 games with their team this is so different
2: yeah and there's also not a whole lot of those examples right yeah. uh, you can throw in Clyde Drexler when the Rockets repeated but uh yeah, typically continuity has value and so uh, the, the great thing about this trade for KD is it wasn't just a hey let, let's take the swing for the rest of the season obviously you were you were acquiring him and there's going to be a Significant window with him. You're going to have him, you know, he's under contract uh, right. for the next few years. But it was always going to be a massive challenge for the Suns to contend this year uh, simply because, of, you know, what you're talking about as far as making it all fit together and just the, you know, you traded some really good players. Uh, I know Crowder wasn't playing, but you gave up three guys that were key uh, starters or rotation players uh, on a team that led the NBA and wins last season. Now, look, you make that trade every single time because KD is a historically elite talent, um, but that doesn't make it easy. Yeah.
0: Tim McMahon from ESPN covering the series for ESPN and ESPN.com. He's our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Two trends, two games into this series, and I want to ask you about both of them, and I'll, I'll get your answer on the first one, then move on to the second one. Trend number one is the job that Aaron Gordon has done on Kevin Durant so far. From your perspective, is that sustainable for him? Is the Kevin Durant wowza game? Are we due for that any day now? Speak on that from your perspective so far.
2: I think Aaron Gordon is an outstanding defender, um, and I don't. I, I I don't think you can say that he's got Kevin Durant's number. Uh, I'm sure KD feels like last game. Hey, he was two of twelve from three point range. I'm sure he feels like you know he sh- he should have hit a few more of those. I'm sure he feels like there were you know some of those mid range looks that he had or shots that he should make. And look, can Aaron Gordon? force him into taking, you know, a lot of tough shots, yeah. But guess what? Kevin Durant's been making tough shots his entire career. So um, I certainly would not rule out a, just a, you know, like a Hall of Fame explosive type of uh, performance from Kevin Durant. Uh, Clearly the son's needed. Um, and, And he hadn't been very good this series. You know, game one, 29 and 14, but he pointed it out himself. One assist, seven turnovers. He said, That's, "We can't win like that." And then they can't win with him going ten to twenty-seven. Yeah, they need him to play up to his pedigree.
0: And then the second trend, and I apologize for cutting you off. The second trend, and, and granted, it's in small sample sizes, but we've talked about this a lot today. These these minutes where Nikola Jokic isn't on the floor, and, and what the Nuggets have done with those minutes. Now, some of that maybe circles back to Aaron Gordon, you know, and, and what mm-hmm. he's doing when he's out there. But the fact that the Suns are struggling to win those those minutes is that a trend you see continuing in this series
2: it better not be it better not be this you know we just might not get back to denver if that's the case um and look credit to michael malone uh, you know and this gets back to kind of the advantage of them having all season to figure out exactly how the pieces fit but you know they they went through a few different backup centers you know deandre jordan what a surprise that didn't work out. <laughs> um, you know, then you go, they they pick up Thomas Bryant and then they, they realize like why so instead of trying to play a traditional backup center, they found this lineup with Aaron Gordon at the five, you know, Jeff Green, at the four, you know, you know, kind of interchangeable uh, that, that's been working. And so um, credit to the Nuggets for having the whole season, you know, tinkering and, and finding something that works. But you, you cannot get beaten uh, when Joker's off the floor and expect to beat the nuggets of the series.
4: Tim, I don't know if you're surprised by this, but I mean, I don't think we should be. I mean, when you're paying super max to Durant, super max to Booker, max to Ayton, and near max to Chris Paul, there's no money for a bench. You're dealing with a bunch of veteran minimum contracts and buyout guys. The Sun's bench has been brutal. It's been a zero. They've been useless. Did you see this coming?
2: I mean, that obviously was going to be the concern all along, right? Um, you know, you, Terrence Ross, uh, a, a buyout guy who has been a total non-factor. They they need him to come in and knock down some shots. You know, TJ Warren. It's been a long time since the bubble, but uh, obviously a guy who's had some explosive scoring games in his career. It'd be a nice time uh, for, for that to happen. And, and honestly, it's not it's not just the bench. It's it's the fifth starter, and, and now with CP3 out for you know, at least next couple games, if not the rest of the series, it's the fourth and fifth starter. Um, it's a, you know, again, that goes back to you knew the challenges and you knew the risk when you made the trade, um, especially this season, but even going forward. And, uh, that, you know, that's why, like, Monty Williams played, I think, 11 guys in the first 15 minutes of the last game. Yeah, That tells you how much he is just, scrambling and searching and, you know, just trying to turn over every rock looking for solutions, um, that's not a good
0: thing. Tim McMahon from ESPN.com, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show, in town covering this series for ESPN.com. Can Money afford to continue to give KD and book the heavy minutes? Can Monty afford not to give KD and book the heavy minutes in this series, given kind of the way the roster is constructed right now? I mean, I, I, I think that he can't afford not to, right? Right.
2: Like obviously, there are concerns that come along with running those guys minutes up into the mid forties, especially with KD given his age and his injury history and all those kind of things. But they, they can't win without those guys on the floor, um, and so you know that's just that's just part of the deal. Um, they've got they've got to get those guys uh, to. I mean, both those guys basically have to have top five. Player in the league type of performances for the Suns to come back and win this series. Let's... That's just the fact that they've got a lot on their plate. And, you know, as as book said after the last game. Hey. You know, the playoffs is a lot. That's part of it.
4: Let's talk about the loss of Chris Paul for a, seg- a second. He's clearly not the player two years ago when they went to the finals or the player who played against New Orleans. He hit a wall last year against Dallas, and, you know, his game has slipped quite a bit since the Dallas, uh, since the New Orleans series because he struggled against Dallas. But still, they're going to miss his scoring. He's good for 14, 15 points. The elbow jumper finding his spot, getting DeAndre Ayton involved in, in the pick and roll. How much will the Phoenix Suns miss Chris Paul in your opinion?
2: I, mean, I think it's a major blow. And and the thing about CP3 is you, you'll you be watching the Suns, and you'll go three or four minutes without noticing him at this point, right? Yeah. Which kind of tells you that, that he's the But you notice when he's not out there because he is the organizer. You know, he is the director. Even though he's taking the easiest defensive uh, assignment at this point in his career, you know, he, he's going to be the guy who's not just executing the game plan, but calling everything out, you know, get make sure everybody else is is in position. You know, offensively, he's uh, even if he's not running the show, he's making sure everybody's in the right spot. Um, I think they're going to, you know, th- th- that's a big blow. And and again, you talk about you're asking so much out of uh, out of book and and out of KD. Now you're basically asking those guys essentially to split the split the point guard duties. Right. I mean, I know campaign probably starts and he'll be listed as the point guard, but those are the guys who are going to be asked to facilitate the offense so you know these massive uh, workloads that they have are getting even heavier Yeah.
0: Hey Tim we appreciate the time, enjoy your stay here in the Valley, thanks for coming on for a few minutes again for the second consecutive year it's appreciated, well we appreciate it Yep. appreciate it, right? it fellas yep, thanks. Yep, thanks, nice to them. Tim McMahon, ESPN NBA reporter he's covering this series for ESPN our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, when we come back, well first let me remind you because this is, you're running out of opportunities here, Suns fans we need you Rally the Valley for Games 3 and Game 4. It's pretty much your last chance. Text the word TICKET to 620-620. Register. Listen for your name during the 5 o'clock hour coming up very soon here on Burns & Gambo for your chance to qualify for Games 3 and Game 4 tickets to see the Suns take on the Nuggets. Again, text the word TICKET to 620-620. Diamondbacks, brand new homestand starts tonight against the Nationals. What has Jody Jackson seen from up close on the recent road trip? We'll ask her. She'll stop by. Bye next on the Burns and Gambo show.
1: Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. Burns and Gambo talk Diamondbacks baseball with a D-backs broadcaster. The Black back. Back. you. Back.
0: Down Chase Field. We go to check in with one of our favorite people here on the Burns and Gambo show from Valley Sports Arizona covering the Arizona Diamondbacks and all of the properties they have there. Jody Jackson joining us here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
3: JJ, what's going on? How are we doing? Hey, Burnsy, doing well. Gambo, how are you?
4: Good. Got any big big, big vacation plans? You and Burnsy going to bump into each other in San Diego again? <laughs> it's been a few years I think.
3: Well, you know, I was listening to you guys earlier today. Burnsy said he can't Cancelled all of his vacations so he could, the Suns would win, the, win it all. And, I, and I, I, did I hear that right? Or no, not? you did. In, in 2021,
0: okay. uh, my wife and the kids and their friends and their girlfriends and boyfriends and all that stuff—they all went to San Diego without me that week. I, I was I, because it was right in the middle of the NBA Finals, and I just couldn't go. I, and just
3: I missed. It was so what? late that year. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And
0: I missed like games.
4: I missed like two games against the Clippers and one against Milwaukee because I was in Italy at the time.
3: Well, you can't cancel that. I no, know, that's what San Diego is one thing but you know. Right. <laughs> Look if I were going to
0: Italy I would have cancelled that for the NBA Finals but it was, it was kind of a tough one. So I, I know you weren't on this last road trip but I, I know that you've been doing what you've been doing for so long and I, and I kind of want to start with this general question. When you get a debut like Brandon fought the other day and you as the, the dugout reporter sideline reporter however you want to qualify it. When you're up there talking to the family. Walk me through that. What's that like? How, how fun is that for you? How challenging is it for you? Because I got to imagine they're trying to watch the game. They want to see what their kid is doing, but that's the story, right? That's the human element of this that you want to tap into when you're up there.
3: Oh, yeah, it, it is. And it is so much fun to be part of their day. You know, this this momentous day for the family. And you try to just be, uh, Todd used the word the other day, inv- you don't want to be invasive. You want to kind of like talk to them, get a feel, get a couple questions in, and then move along it is different with a pitcher than a you know position player because a position player you usually do the interview when they're out there on defense you know that way you can kind of see the player but you, they're not necessarily at the plate, but a pitcher is in the heat of the moment, right? And so, you know, but you go up and you kind of prepare. You can ask a couple questions. You do, you have no idea, you know, are, are the are they are they going to talk a lot or a little? So you just kind of like just like you guys when you're interviewing people, like you kind of you kind of armed with a lot of questions just in case you need them. But uh, it's it's a cool moment. But yeah, I mean, and that was interesting because you know he was there in the fifth, and you know guys in their debut, you really have no idea if they're even going to be out there in the fifth. And obviously with with thought. He had his tough inning there. um, But... You know, the parents are always a little nervous. Some are more nervous than others. Sure. Some, Patrick Corbin's mom, funny story. I This was not his debut or anything like that, but she would never be in the seat. She was always walking in the concourse. And he, it was at Yankee Stadium because the family's from upstate New York. So they were all there. And I'm, I'm like, talking to his dad. I'm, like, where's your wife, you know? And he's, like, well, you know she's not here. She can't watch, you know. So everybody's, <laughs> she's, like, pacing, pacing in the concourse. I ended up talking to his brother his brother Kevin. Yeah, so That's funny. It's kind of like sometimes it's whoever's willing to talk cuz uh, some people are so nervous.
4: I don't know that, I don't remember was it you or, or was it Todd? My favorite one is Zach Godley. When you had when his mom was on preach you gonna preach. I'm, 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 I my love
3: she was so funny. That was my favorite one ever. You know, that was actually Kate Longworth. Oh, was that Kate? And she was part of our group. And yeah, the God- the Godleys were hilarious. Oh my, they
4: were so funny. And she was preaching on preach. And she was sitting there talking. I mean,
3: country boy. They were from the South. Oh yeah, my, of were, course they were from the South. He had the overalls on. His dad, I can still see that yeah. I, I ran into his dad one time after that in Atlanta. And he was talking to me about all these different things. And he was, he was an interesting guy. And so. she said something. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Am I allowed to say that? I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that. She might have cursed or something. Yeah, Uh, I
1: don't
0: know. You know, know, (laughs) Gambo Curse is is on the air. He's been in the industry for 30 years, you know. We're still trying to get him to understand the rules about not being able to curse on the air, right? That one was funny. How much
4: much more enjoyable is it covering this team now than the previous, you know, five years or so where the Diamondbacks have kind of taken their lumps?
3: It it is so enjoyable, guys. And I I know listening to you guys, you're enjoying watching this team as well. I mean, uh, they've had a lot of challenges. The schedule, I don't think... Anyone expected that they would have, you know, done what they they did early against the Dodgers and Padres and, and held their own, played well, and they did that. And I think that gave them confidence. Um, they they do have young pitching, so I think that's something we're all going to keep our eye on. Uh, Zach Davies, good news is he threw a forty-one pitch bullpen today, and he'll be he'll be coming back eventually here. And I think you know Brennan fought, for example, I, I think he'll pitch uh, quite a bit better the next time out. Um, he's got the stuff. He he is a guy who has you know. Re- in Reno, he had the home, you know, there were some games where you see him giving up homers. So I, I think Texas was a tough spot for him the other day, and I think he'll pitch better. But, um, I mean, obviously he'll have to pitch better to stay here. But uh, I'm excited to see what they can do and keep it up. Now, this homestand to me is pivotal because you get into May and there's a lot of surprise teams right now. So are you going to stay a surprise? Are you going to be one of those teams that continues to stay in it? Or are you going to fade? And hopefully this team is not going to fade. Do you got the Nats who are a little hot right now? You know, I mean. Like, yeah. I know no one thinks their record is great or anything like that, but I'm telling you right now, their pitcher tonight has an ERA of 2.67, and and you, these guys are aware of that. They know. But you've got the Nats and uh, you've got the Giants on this homestand as well, and the Marlin. The Marlins actually not in that order, but you know you, these guys are not going to take anybody lightly, and so hopefully this is going to be a great homestand for them.
0: What level of concern do you get around the organization about just kind of the acknowledgement? Yeah, our rotation is really. Young. Young, and Mad Bum's not here. And it is three rookies in the back end. And maybe that does change when Zach Davies comes back. We had Tory on the show earlier, and he talked about Zach Davies' potential return. But what, what's your sense of the concern around the organization about just how young that rotation is? Because it does seem to be the flaw right now.
3: Yeah, because you just don't know how guys are going to hold up over a whole season. And that was the thing. We got really excited what we saw with Jamison and Nelson. And, you know, Henry was better early when he first came up than later. But they have to sustain it now. And so there is a little question. And I think it really answers the question as to why. And people were wondering, and you guys were wondering, why, why are they holding on to Madison Bumgarner? He's not effective. He's not getting the job done. But I think there was a little bit. <laughs> You're laughing. I know, I know. I heard from a lot of people asking me that question. And I think it was just knowing that there were games that he went out there and he put up some scoreless innings here and there. And, you know, he just wanted to make sure that uh, he wasn't going to be uh, more valuable more valuable than you might think, even though he wasn't performing well. But I think that they made the right move moving into these young guys. These young guys have to learn how to pitch up here in the big leagues. And there are other, there are other guys behind them as well. And so, you know, I do say it is a concern, but uh, I also have a lot of trust in this front office to make the right moves and to be able to, you know, again, the trade deadline is quite, is quite far away, but, you know, to be able to keep this rotation on the right track.
4: Do you mean, take me a little inside. You know, you guys have to prepare for pregame and postgame. And when it, with these games being sped up so quickly, how much has it changed what you do?
3: Oh, my gosh. Some of the nights, you're just like, you can't, like, early on, I think I've adjusted more now. But you kind of like, you have this cadence to your evening, right? And, you know, maybe you might try to sneak in, like, dinner in the first inning. or something, Forget about it. Like, now <laughs> I just don't eat till the end of it. And particularly, for example, the one game uh, in Miami, Gowan and Alcantara, what a great game and I was just, you're just locked in and I mean, I just didn't even move from my seat the entire time. You know, you kind of have this, again, it's like a cadence with baseball that you kind of have time to do things and you want to prepare for this and then you do your hit in the third inning. And But like, everything is sped up. So, it's it's very cool. It's good. I, I like it now. It took me a little bit of time. In fact, yeah. a lot of the guys were talking to reporters today about how, you know, it's going to save them. Uh, there's some injury concern with pitchers, I get you know, with the, with the fact that they have to speed up. But for the position players. Gets them off their feet, it's gonna save them, you know, X amount of games per year. You know, it was like all these extra games with all these extra uh, long innings and extra innings, and between the extra inning rule now and and then the now the pitch clock, it's flying by. I tell my friends when we're coming to the game, don't come in the third inning anymore, it will be over. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You'll
0: have an hour to watch yeah. the game and then and, it's
3: gonna be done. Yeah. And you know, I noticed the games have some of them are stretching out a little longer now too. You yeah. know, it seems like they're a little you do get your three hours game now here, where the first first two or three weeks, guys, though, everything was like 220, 230.
0: Yeah. Always appreciate your work, JJ. Thanks for coming on for a few. We'll see you in San Diego sometime in July, okay?
3: Sounds good. I'll be over there. Better buzz coffee. <laughs> we'll see see you
0: there. That's right. Save some avocado toast for me when you're there. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Jody Jackson from Valley Sports Arizona, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Diamondbacks taking on the Nationals tonight. 640 first pitch. And again, if you're headed to downtown Phoenix for either of those games, Suns or Diamondbacks, get down there it's going to be a lot, a lot of people pouring into downtown Phoenix. Suns, Nuggets, game three tonight at Footprint Center. Will the Suns be the more desperate team tonight? And what if they're not? That's next. Burns and Gambo.